Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting, we hope, episode of Weird Things, the podcast. Joining me, as usual, Mr. Brian Brushwood. I recommend saying it's an excited episode, because then, if they're not excited at home, that's their fault. The episode's excited, why aren't they? Justin, Robert Young, what are you? I'm 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 excited like like a molecule is excited. <laughs> You're vibrating quickly and I'm vibrating. Yeah, I'm vibrating quickly and I'm ready to bond. I'm Andrew Maine and I am ecstatic. Wing ding diddly ding dong do. Can, can we just go. end the episode right there? That was our best <laughs> intro we've ever done. That's as Fantastic. good as the episode's gonna get. There you go, folks. Yeah, we we'll just do a whole episode of just episode intro of just intros. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last week was a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. We had Karen Stalls now. Girls. Karen was fantastic. She uh, certainly held her own and more so. And uh, I think uh, certainly trumped me, trumped us all. So kudos to Karen. It was was great having her on here. I hope we can have her back. Yeah. Because it was neat to have somebody who was actually smart and really knew what they were talking about. Because all I have to do on this show is really just convince you guys, I mean, Justin and Brian, that I know what I'm talking about. Dude, yeah, Which, no, she clearly knew what's up. I'm, my only disappointment is that we didn't call the episode Newsflash Weird Girls on the Internet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I very much, in, in listening back to it, to edit it, I uh, I, I kind of realized, like, wow, she's, like, like, not just a little smarter and faster than us. She's, like... <laughs> way smarter oh, and faster yes. than us it's like it's really like you might be like oh wait oh that was a joke of something that had oh. just happened yeah no she's better yeah she's much better like was, Goodall, was there any jokes know? that that like clearly went all of us chimpanzees heads uh no but if if it was pathetic at how slow it took us to to catch on in real time it was even more pathetic listening yeah. to it backward like when like, she said know, like like somebody came up and said you know howdy at outback steakhouse and the three of us were like uh, oh i guess you why would say they that. say that i'm confused oh like wait she made the handbag comment and yes. i just kept talking <laughs> blah 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 and you guys got it and then i'm still dead and i'm like and i'm like uh i don't get it <laughs> so. yeah yeah but anyway enough enough of that shame and embarrassment yeah. Let, let's move on to what we really do well which is out from the to shame and other. into the flame. That's our motto. <laughs> yeah. That's actually my new bumper sticker. Pretty long bumper sticker. So let's get a little bit weird here. So do we want to start off with a scenario from the listeners? Yes. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we certainly can. Of course, if you want to email in your scenarios, it is weirdthingsmail at gmail.com. This one... Comes in from, oh, look, another girl. Uh, Alice. Alice. Uh, no, These are Alexis all Karen Patel. Her pseudonyms. Yeah, Alexis Patel of Woodbridge, Delaware. Uh, she has some very, very kind words for us. Says that Monkey Man Begins is her favorite podcast. And uh, <laughs> that uh, we, uh, you know, acted commendably uh, when not raping the hot chick uh, led in by the leprechaun overlords. However... She posits this scenario. Uh As you walk down the street, you are pulled into a white van that is going at least 70 miles per hour. In it, there are three of the scariest Nazi scientists you've ever seen. I don't know these people. I'm just going to make that clear right now. (laughs) But then you realize that they aren't exactly Nazis. They just look like them. Wait, they all have mustaches? Yes. And armbands? There's something that, that, that just rings terribly Nazi of them. We're like, man, those, those uniforms are cut sharply. <laughs> it, turns out, it turns out they're like AIDS bands or whatever, like, like oh, they're supporting right. a cause. And we're just well, like, you Nazis? They're like, what? These are armbands against AIDS. And we're like, oh, crap. Funny yeah, you yeah. should say that, Brian, as the scenario goes on. <laughs> they are going to give you $400,000 if you participate in an experiment searching for the cure, or no, sorry, for the cause of homosexuality. Okay. <laughs> All you have to do is get injected with the gay gene, which apparently these faux Nazi scientists have isolated. How do they, how do they inject this gay gene into you? <laughs> that is unspecified. They uh, so you insert it to wherever it'll fit. 
So you have to get the gay gene all up in your beeswax and then hang out for two weeks, at which point you will revert to your normal self. Is that guaranteed? <laughs> that is that is according to these Nazi science fake Nazi scientists so when, guaranteed. When, when I said hang out, I'm imagining like one of these like gay friendly resorts down in South Beach or something by the pool. No, I, I like to imagine like like you go back, you can do whatever you want. But all of a sudden, like 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 sex machine in from dusk till dawn, you just start to hear the whispers, like in your voice, like you should oh, really and go like out. so gay people like werewolves. Uh, and then you're getting well, here's the problem hey, for this exactly. You start to feel it. You start to feel the bass. Oh yeah, and by the way, and I assume this is to you, Brian. Uh, she says also your kid needs a heart transplant. So apparently. <laughs> That that four hundred thousand dollars would really come uh, in in handy. So she asks, "Would you take the deal?" Now, real quick, if we can set the scenario and fill it out a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and say that you are allowed to do whatever you want. But if they have indeed, uh, we are to believe that they have isolated the gay gene. It, it, it doesn't matter where you hide; the gay will find you. You <laughs> you you are you are are transformed by the inclusion of this gene in your system for two weeks. So it is, you're, you are completely unprepared for it physically. Hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say, if this was an 80s movies, I just love the idea that like, you know, Andrew get injected and all of a sudden he's got like fabulous furs all around him. And then I get, and then, and then lose all sense of taste for some reason. And then I get injected and it's, you know, sparkles shoot out and I'm wearing a rainbow outfit, you know, and, uh, Justin gets injected and nothing happens. And he's like, what, what? (laughs) Uh, dude. Okay. So, so this isn't saying that you have to actually act on the gay gene, right? No, but you know, they, they've, they've, they've isolated the gay gene. So, you right. know, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Think about it this way. Now here's what concerns me is the idea that they promised that after two weeks it would go away. But like, yeah. like, look there are uh, here in, in Austin, there's, there's a place, uh, they used to be called PPD Pharmaco that would pay people 50 to $5,000 to do different tests and floating like Rodriguez down. Rodriguez made his money, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and, and floating down the Guadalupe river, we saw a guy that had like messed up feet seriously messed up for whatever right and it's like and this guy is just like he's blasted out of his mind and is all he will do is keep saying don't do pharmaco the money's not worth it they said it'd be fine it's not fine and this guy's messed up forever right and so it's like that's what concerns me like it's two different scenarios, whether or not the the Nazis, you know, the most yeah, trustworthy yeah. of all the oppressors. Fake Nazis, fake, they just look like Nazis. Okay, the Nazi-esque. We are to, to assume they talk like this. <laughs> we promise everything fine in two weeks. <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cover their lips, they go, hee, 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 hee. Come on, Fraulein, take the shot. So, so it's like, truthfully, I don't know that any amount of, I don't know, I, no, I'm just not. Well, number one, I, I love the fact I, that, that I'm you're, you're. For se- I'm going to interrupt yeah, for a second. Yeah. I want to back up here. That may be one of the most awesome things I have ever heard on this podcast or any other podcast ever. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I, my mouth not work. I'm still blown away. <laughs> my speech center of my brain is still trying to process this. So you're at the river. Okay. <laughs> and you're out there. You're like, all right. Ah, it's a beautiful day here. I love Austin. This is great. Like, ah, here comes somebody like out of a Mark Twain novel just coasting <laughs> down the river on a raft. Like, that guy's having fun. Oh, he's <laughs> saying something. It's like, ah, like, ah. He was on an inner tube. He was on an inner, inner tube. tube. I know. It's like even better. It's like inner tube. It's like some Huck Finn character's coming down here, <laughs> just drifting by. And all of a sudden, it gets a little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. And, and a little bit louder now. What is he saying, Brian? He says, don't do pharmaco. And you're like, what? And then you look. And then you look. What's the first thing you see? The freaking like black fungus on his feet. So like this guy's like, Infected or swollen or something. He, they're just like, they just gave him something. He took it. And then they're like, all right, well, shucks, that didn't work. See you later. 
Well, and what's funny is uh, one of my friends was like not paying attention or half drunk when the guy was telling his tale. And the guy just looked over. He's like, what's up with your feet, man? Try some fast acting to acting. <laughs> the guy just <laughs> looks at him. He's like, he's like, my feet are messed up forever. What the hell are you talking about? Well, you know what I like about this story? Well, I liked it when is it that, is that, is that Brian Brian has formed his opinion completely about medical trials based on a drunk guy on a river. It's <laughs> fluid, but Justin, this is like a message from God. I mean, this is some guy. <laughs> All right, drunk. number one, let me just say, if I had a bizarre defect like of, of any kind, I was let's say I was born with it, and I knew that there was a place around town where people got money for medical trials and I hung out on a river and got wasted in the sun every weekend. <laughs> you best believe that's a story I would tell constantly. You know what? That could be, it could be, or maybe we shouldn't trust the Nazis who tell us everything will be fine in two weeks. I'm just saying, is, Fake is Nazis. It, you know, or is it going to, are you know, three weeks from now by the Brian hypothesis are the two of us going to be in a in an inner tube together going? <laughs> the two of us can't stop touching. Don't trust, trust the Nazis. Nazis. It's not worth it. They say two weeks so far. As we're in our speedos and drinking like really fruity drinks. We caught the fabulous. All three of us. Why the hell? Parabonding only has to be for you know. So okay, I think it's safe to say that no, none of us of the three are going to believe the Nazis at their face value and, and fake Nazis, fake Nazis. None of us are believing that it's going to be fine in two weeks. But let's say, for sake of the discussion, that we know for fact. Let's say Santa Claus shows up and is like, "I can verify, children, two <laughs> weeks and everything's fine." I'm sorry, you just blew my mind. <laughs> when Santa Claus shows up, so I, I, I do. I, I towards I, yes, but now that Santa Claus, is I was telling just gonna me say, to I like that, 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 that. Those are the two bookends. These are the authorities on medical trials for Brian: a hammer dude in a raft and Santa <laughs> Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> Is that how you help your kids with their homework? Like, I don't want to study, Dad. <laughs> well, Santa, Santa will beat you if you don't, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't believe him, here's my friend, Tooby McGee. <laughs> Brian, you strike me as a kind of guy so afraid to spank your children, you'll dress up as Santa Claus to spank your children. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love this idea that I'm going to have Tooby McGee come in and enforce everything. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you can really eat your vegetables. See my feet. Don't do five ago. He's on an inner tube floating down the river, <laughs> warning people. Is he just on this cross-country tour? Is that the goal? All the riverways like and stuff? I would like to think that's the case. I would like to think that's all he does is he just floats down this, like like somehow the river is actually <laughs> in a giant loop, and he just floats it <laughs> constantly warming. Or better yet, maybe maybe the guy's a ghost, right? That's all he does is he floats the Guadalupe warning a farm ago. Oh, my God. That's, that's like the most weird thing I've ever heard. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. And I feel sorry for the guy. And I feel sorry for the guy, the Tanactin thing. <laughs> Poor guy, dude. Uh, you can't, you can't play. It, 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 it's river rules out there. Yeah, you're yeah. allowed. Sure you're allowed right. to say whatever you say, gentlemen. If I could bring us back to our serious topic, yes. the fake Nazis so, and right. their gay gene. Yeah, are you doing it, Brian? Are you in? Okay, are you out? So, so here's the thing. If it's true that it only lasts two weeks, first of all, it's not my decision, right? That's when I got to run by the miss, misses, and that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, honey. uh... Some guys have gave me this idea, and I can make some money, and it involves being gay. Well, By the way, heart transplant, heart transplant. Though. Oh, that's right, that's right. My daughter needs a heart transplant as well. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's like I'm already attracted to the ladies, right? But it's like I'm on the road, and there's two weeks at a time with seeing lots of ladies, even ladies who, after the show, you know, want to say nice things to me, but being committed to the misses. I, I deal with that all the time. So it's just like, instead of this one type of body that you desire that but cannot have, there will be another type of body you will desire but cannot have. Let me throw this Brian's way here for a second. Okay, Brian, that, that sounds like a very good logical scenario. But think about this. Imagine 15-year-old Brian before he got to have experience with ladies. Okay? Go on. And imagine that 15-year-old Brian's desire for ladies. It's new. He hasn't done this. There's experiences, things he's waiting to have happen. Then he, then he meets the Nacton guy who says, okay, don't yeah. touch the ladies. This will happen to your feet. Uh, well, I was saying, remember that. Remember, remember, you're just so filled with hormones, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're just totally. like, I've got to. You're like, a, you're like a werewolf waiting to happen, okay? You like get this gay wolf. gene in there. 
It's not like, yeah, I can have sex anytime. When is the last time you had gay sex, Brian? But my, <laughs> delicious, delicious gay sex, Brian. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that the gay gene just makes everything the same except for that you want dudes instead of chicks. Like, look at it this way. What if somebody said- But you do different things with dudes. Well, okay, okay. But Especially what, dudes who like dudes. Yeah. But like, what if somebody said, all right, we're going to give you this gene and it's going to make you like redheads better than blondes. And you're like, that's crazy, but it only lasts two weeks. Plus, you yeah, know, but, you're in a relationship Brian. with a blonde, so you can't have a redhead. Brian, Brian, you're a man Brian, of the world. Brian. You're a man of the world. Brian, Brian. I'm okay. a man of the wolf. Is that what you said? Man of the world. Man of the wolf, oh, too. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to assume, Mike, uh, <laughs> you like the ladies, right? So, right? If he goes and gets that shot, he might be a man of the bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you like the ladies, right? You're with me on this? Yeah, yeah. You, you've you've done a lot of things to the ladies, I've, right? I've populated an entire house full of ladies. I will have you know, sir. Yeah, and 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 you know, but let's you know, you've you've done just about everything that 15 year old Brian could think of that you wanted to do with a lady, right? Okay, go on. You with me? You're right. You're like, yeah, no, all right. Oh, 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 I want to try that this, thing. This like, sounds like a very thing. specific line of argument that maybe has <laughs> okay. been very well rehearsed in the past, but please keep okay. going. <laughs> all right. Maybe, maybe. So you're like, all right, I did that thing, which I wanted to do. Like, oh, I saw this in a video. I did that. I did that. <laughs> so, so you got a checklist is what it is. And it's oh, like, there's yeah. only, okay. and you're like, oh, there's I only like so many do, positions. I'm do that. That's going into the repertoire. Okay. I'll go try this one this evening. If this bit works out, I'll keep doing it. You know, <laughs> a more experimental here. I'll do this. Okay. Now you got this gauging whole that, new Now things. what I want to know is on never... this chart, like how do you mark down a failure? You're like that position <laughs> there, no, or that, like that, that like... does not fit there. Just, just, just FYI. Like okay. work for you. So now, now all of a sudden you've got a whole new list of stuff. Things that are we you three can't even like... imagine. Okay. Are you like pitching being gay to me? Is that what this is? By the way, Brian, <laughs> oh, Brian. The, 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 the first time that, and obviously Magic's a relatively small community, but the first time <laughs> that you ever saw the work of Andrew Main and said, wow, that's really, really clever. I'd like to meet that guy. Did you ever imagine that this conversation <laughs> would eventually happen in your life? Do you know life? what? There's a part of me that's totally delighted that this is the position <laughs> I'm in at this moment. Yeah, I'm not wow. going to lie. <laughs> Because better, I, better here than in our hotel room. <laughs> you know what's funny is I do remember the first time I read one of Andrew Main's books, and it was in I, I believe it was Illusion Effects. The um, uh, it was the one where where you know crawling through a CD, and I remember the guy. Hold on, irony. What the guy who gave me the book to read was gay. Dun, dun, dun. I don't. And, and, and there we go. The, the, the secret. You heard it here so, first. Here, the, so the, my, the secret distribution method of Andrew Main is laid so, there. So my my yeah, that's the pamphlet. Apparently, <laughs> why, why I'm recruiting, I don't know. Um, so my point is, like, like, listen, with women, you know, my attitude now is like, all right, you know, being single, it's kind of like, oh, let's look for new new grounds, new territories, okay, not new worlds. All right, I like this planet. I'm very comfortable with this planet. Right. But all of a sudden, Brian, you get this gene in you, okay? And you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, Justin, your voice, it's gravelly. <laughs> I really don't think what this you- argument is directed at me at all. I got to tell you, this clearly sounds like there's somebody else you're trying to convince. And it's not <laughs> Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you saying that Andrew might want the, the gene injected in him and then gene injected in him? <laughs> uh, it's not about me yet. This is back to Brian. Brian's trying to make the case. Look, Brian's trying to make the case. All like, right. Oh. I, I think I think I can go ahead and uh, I, I think your, your point your point is made to to Brian. Brian, moment of truth. The Nazi scientists are going 70 miles an hour in an unmarked van for which they picked you up. Your child needs a heart transplant desperately. The $400,000 you could get from this bizarre street experiment could certainly make that happen. Do you become gay for two weeks? All right, well, let me tell you. First of all, as I told you, it's not my decision. It's Bonnie's decision. However, in that situation, I've got to make my best guess as to what Bonnie would approve of. She already knows that I'm able to keep my hands off while I'm on the road. So I don't see any reason why I couldn't keep my hands off while I'm wanting the bone. Uh, she, already and so, assumes, she already assumes that when you're on the road, you keep your hands off. That's right. That's right. And so like, uh, I, I'm going to say that she would probably $400,000. I'm going to say she can lock me in a padded cell 
for two weeks straight while I just, yeah, you know. you know, yeah, Brian, I, I would go ahead and say that if you are going to take this experiment on, uh, you probably shouldn't be in a position where you're driving by rest stops constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, yeah, no, lock me in a room or whatever. My daughter needs a heart transplant. Those there we go. Cheap, so huh? you're, so you're, 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 you're gay for two weeks, it's, no matter it's what. It's the same as being a werewolf. McGee says. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, like somebody says you're going to be a werewolf. You're a gay weeks. wolf. Whatever. It, I'm going to, I'm going to be gay wolf and I'm going to be airwolf. <laughs> and then it's going to be overwolf. All right. So two weeks of gay bry, uh, AM. Where you at? Well, guys, um, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, the, the whole the whole rationale for my argument, by the way, Brian, was to make it so you wouldn't just so quickly dismiss the idea that, oh, I'd have this gene in me. What difference would it make? My point is, that's the thing you got to think about. You just look at things differently. It's not like it's Brian plus Brian. Like It's like a license to enjoy gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's now it's a thing you're thinking about. You're on the road with OMG Chad. See, look, like, hey, here, hey, fellow, why don't thing. you do some more sit-ups? Like, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I mean, maybe uh, I'm going to give you guys the benefit of the doubt and say that, uh, look, for, for for whatever it means, uh, we've been married 12 years and there's never been an incident. There's never been close to an incident. And so as a result, I'm I'm sort of to castrated. a woman. I'm I'm neutered. It does, but and I'm attracted to women. I don't see how it would be any different with a dude. But there's different stuff. There's stuff that Bonnie can't do for see, you. See, who are you talking yeah, to? Yeah, you, you want to know? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to ahead. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and red card or sorry, I'll yellow card Andrew real quick just for. <laughs> for I think you're overselling it, and Brian's already made his decision. All these right. are these are issues that you have to wrestle with in your own mind, Andrew. <laughs> and by the way, let me let me add this caveat. Let's say we're all in the same universe, Brian. Uh, you're well, you haven't got one, my answer yet. Oh, no, I, I know, I know. Before I you think answer, we know before your you answer, answer, Andrew. But before, before you answer, because let me add this because this might this might affect it. It's four hundred thousand dollars, but we live in the same universe. Brian's kid still needs a heart transplant. We're all still friends, and maybe Brian's having a, a problem scaring up that money, and maybe time's ticking away, and maybe even if one of us take Dude, it, maybe we might maybe me- half in. So this is so this is not necessarily us just getting four hundred thousand dollars and and cashing in on this. This is the bro we code. Might, we might have to, you know, this might be a hundred thousand. This might be fifty. This might be nothing. So Maybe imagine. this heart transplant costs four hundred thousand dollars, and 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 that's what it would go to. So Andrew, as as an altruistic gesture, do you go gay for two weeks by way of the fake Nazis? Here's my answer to this. Okay, now. It's a two-parter. Okay. Okay. I'm going to remove some of the altruism there. Okay. Okay. So the first answer is, is yeah, yeah. Penny needs a heart transplant. I just have to have this gene put into me, and then I'm still going to have free will. That's the bottom line. I'm still going to have free will. Even as I, I sit there, you know, Thinking pouring through the new gentlemen's quarterly, available. you know, looking at those those finely cut ascots and ties. And, so many positions. Right. That's right. A delightful life opportunity. Well, that's so the second. So far. So the first, <laughs> so the first answer to that is yes, I would absolutely do that for for Brian's kid to say it's experiment. I'll still have my free will. The second thing though is I'm going to be thinking like, how do I capitalize on this? Okay, I'm an entertainer. I'm in the entertainment. Dude, industry, yeah, okay? no, you score like the 2020 interview, this, like the man who went gay huh. for science. I mean, well, cause there's that. I mean, there's that part. Even like right now, I'm like, man, there are probably doors, literally, figuratively, and literally, that could be opened up for me if this was something. I'm like, oh, you know what? This could work. This could actually work. Right now, you know, I'm boring. You know, I've got got the the the, the same sort of normal desires as everybody else. But all of a sudden, if this thing that's like, yeah, you know, you know, there's a place you can go where they'll just accept you and you can just do whatever, and they're gonna like you for it. And, and it'd be really good for your career. This is dude, day uh, twenty-three uh, of Andrew held gay right here. <laughs> yeah. Weird thing. Well, dude, com. imagine it as 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 a Blaine-esque endurance stunt. Well, well, that's just it. Is it's like I might be like, all right, give me the gene. Don't be in such a hurry to take it out. Let me see where this thing goes. You know, let me see what my options are. <laughs> all right. Oh my to god! You, it's like I, with I, I wish I wish I could say one of seventeen things that I wouldn't have to cut out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like for you, it's like you say, invite the world to watch as you see the Bonerverse with new no, eyes. No, I, no I, I didn't say invite the world to watch because all of a sudden that's going to cause its own sort of problems. Okay, I'm going to have people showing up my doorstep. I do not want to have happen. Okay, um, 
I'm going to open up a, a, a Pandora's box, so to speak, that I do not want to <laughs> open. Uh, what I want out of that is, one, I want to help your kid. The second thing is I'm saying, though, is I'd have to think about this was like, all right, how do I make use of it? I'm I got to be club. honest. Gotta I'm gotta in a new honest. club now, Brian. I'm in a new club. I but am I in honest. that club because I have the gene or am I in that club because I have to go out and do those things? Like, I don't know. This you, Now that you paint that as like a revolutionary experience, it's almost just like, Dude, do I even have to get paid to do this? I mean, it's just like what a, a one of a kind experience. We're for no, you can do it for free. Boom, I, you're I mean, you're, you're now, stuck right now, there, and now your kid doesn't have the money for the hard trade. Well, right. luckily, it's I like didn't it's say like that. it's like sexually, we're 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 vegetarians. Okay, you get that gene. Now you're an omnivore. Wow, like a Hold like a bear. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually, it would turn you just to a carnivore, and then you go, and then and then when you come back, maybe you learn something and become an omnivore. That's true. That's true. Uh, Justin, you going yeah. gay for science? Oh God, yeah, no, sweet Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that. I'll, 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 I'll do my part for whatever uh, you, your kid needs, heart transplant wise. But uh, I mean, geez, to score chicks alone, I mean, like regular gay guys, Dude. you know, they're, 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 they're the, they're the. Uh, the ultimate yeah, girls, you're, girls. Oh, 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 you're talking about you're talking about you're gonna have no interest in. No, no, no. He's for, talking about for after two the weeks. experience. He's talking about after the experience. Oh, he'll yeah. be able to tell this story. He's gonna land major ladies. Afterwards. No, I'm saying I'm saying in the middle of it, right? So in the middle what? of it, you go out to these clubs. You go out to these clubs, right? And and by and large, the clubs where gay guys hang out, except for these specifically gay clubs. You go to just the trendy nightclubs. Not like there aren't gay guys there. Tell us more about what's at these clubs, Justin. I'm just saying, from what I've heard from my friends. <laughs> um, what nights? What's not, what's Tuesday night? What's that night? <laughs> Where's the best drink special? I'm just saying, all I've heard from gay friends of mine is that chicks like trying to flip gay dudes. Yeah, but like, but if like, you're gay, like you know who else likes to flip dudes is gay dudes. <laughs> gay dudes, <laughs> yes, or whatever. I just, I just figure all I gotta right do, now. all I gotta do is try and hold my urge back as much as I can. Now, Brian, for two you see weeks. what he's done here? No, he's yeah. created a scenario where now he's given himself an excuse to go to you. Know, you and I are thinking like, how do we stay away from this? How do we avoid the? Dude, well, uh, well how do we? How I'm do we riding. Do I'm riding the lightning. Justin's and, going and, straight and, and riding the gay lightning. Club. And, and, and light, yeah, riding. no, yeah, no. Lightning's a very nice guy who used in, to be on Australian <laughs> Gladiators. In his own words, he's going to the gay club to get laid. I'm not going to. The no, 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 no. I never said Dude, gay club. I said regular club. club. Look, here's the thing: you don't find the women attractive when you go to the club right now. You're hitting on the ladies, and you want to bone the ladies. Yeah. You're not trying. No, to the I'm dudes. saying where my strategy is before All I right, take correct. the shot. Right, well, Justin. Now before going, I take a shot, gauging, he's going to clubs to get laid. It's Got like it. I, 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 it's Brian, like, is that what it sounds? Is that, 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 that I think that's clearly that is not at all what I said. It's imagine if if you were a werewolf. Wouldn't you go to a crime-ridden part of town and just werewolf the crap out of all the murders and thieves <laughs> and clean up the town with this this uh, temporary power? So I'm gonna go. You're gauging. I'm gonna go. He's gonna go rape all the criminals and do what people with gay jeans go do. <laughs> Werewolves do what gay jeans do. <laughs> what if, all right, so what if that was the case? What if I just went out and sexually assaulted all the criminals in, 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 in a crime-ridden portion of America? Uh, dude, well, then congratulations. Then you got the wrong yeah. gene. You got the wrong gene there. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you Nazis. And they're like, fake Nazis? They're like, sorry, you fake Nazis, but you gave me the raping gene. And they're like, yeah. uh, no, 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 we didn't. This is saline. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you, one of us gets the control. Yeah, <laughs> one right. of us gets the sugar fill. I mean, apparently, oh all of us. How embarrassing! <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that goes the gayest turns out that was the placebo. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! You, you sure? No, no, we're sure, Justin. That was the placebo. <laughs> Oh boy, I gotta get a new oh my God, and get a divorce. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a scene I can't begin to start describing without cutting everything out. And all of a sudden it's just, whoops, placebo. <laughs> Pla what? <laughs> Is that yeah. the name of the episode? Pla what? <laughs> By the way, weirdthingsmail at gmail.com, weirdthingsmail at gmail.com. Your scenario could be that scenario and many, many others on the Weird Things podcast. 
Brian, I have a question for you. What's up, bro? You're you'd say you're a skeptic, correct? I'm skepticlish. All right. Now, in being a skeptic, there's a line between skeptic and cynical. Right. How would you see that line? It's the same line between jerk and douche. All right. <laughs> so wait, wait. So, so skeptics are naturally jerks, but they might be douches. Yeah, exactly. Not all douches are. Oh, well, all douches are jerks, but not all jerks are douches. All right. I need a, some sort of Venn diagram here. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. But, but I get you. It's like it's like you go too far in the dark side, and then all of a sudden nobody. You're you're all of a sudden you're doing more harm than good. All right. Let's say I, I hand you a jar, and you look inside the jar, and the jar is empty, but the jar is sealed. Hmm. I tell you, Brian, there is something very, very dangerous in the jar. You should not open the jar. I need you to hold on to it. Okay? Is it, is it like a toxic gas? Sarin gas? Uh, man, let's not use words or terms just yet. I just say, I just say there's something dangerous inside the jar. You shouldn't open it. Now, you right. just name things, toxin gas, sarin gas. You say it could be gas. Okay, well, let's say when you go ahead and put it under, you know, one of those sort of uh, chemical fluoroscopes or one of those things they do where they shoot a beam of light through a diffraction thing to see what's inside of there. Yeah. And they, so you do that and you don't see anything. I left it with you. I just like, just Could hold be on a to secret. it. Could be I open okay. it and it whispers a secret that ruins everything. No, no, we're saying like this is this is this world. Literally where we are now, okay? Okay. So this, is, hey, this is not like a like a – O. Henry short story or anything. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm, uh, so you look at it, nothing. Then you look at it underneath some sort of microscope and all you can see is there's just air. You know, you start to look to see if there's anything on the surface of it, any bacteria, nothing. Nothing that you can tell from the outside would make you think that there's anything harmful inside of there. Yeah, but why would I want to open it? Well, I'm not, I, we don't have to. Okay. Would you want to open it? Well, no, you told me it's dangerous, and and there's no reason to open it. Okay. It's not like in this scenario, my daughter needs a heart transplant or anything. Yeah. So it's like, if- I, like I'm comfortable, like if you know. And again, like let's let's do let's do uh, Pascal's wager here, right? It's like, what mm-hmm. do I gain from opening it? You know, possibly letting something really bad happen, and uh, what you know, and that's it. That's all I gain is negative. So just very, leave it closed. I think it's very well put. Well, let's say you ask me, say, Andrew. Andrew. Bro. Bro. What's in the jar? What's in the jar? Andrew, what's in the jar? A wicked, evil spirit, Brian. A spirit? A spirit. You don't want to, you know what? That's good enough for me. You don't open the jar? Well, it's like, again, what do I gain? Because it's like, let, let's say, I like, I don't have an agenda. Let's say you do honestly believe there's a spirit in there. I, mm-hmm. I don't have an agenda where I want to fix that belief. For, for you you know it's like Correct. you know what that's your belief that's cool whatever mm-hmm. it, but it okay. affects me in no way so you don't want to you wouldn't some skeptics perhaps might say let's just open the jar because they know spirits aren't real would you agree well uh, yeah i think some people would say that justin what about you would you would you be all like ain't no spirits open the jar would, um, you, would you pick a fight over it uh, it would really depend on what everybody else around me who I respect, whose opinion I respected, treated it. Like, if if Andrew and you were like, dude, seriously, do not open that. Okay, uh, so let's I say the two of us are saying that, and meanwhile, Richard Dawkins is just like, come on, chicken, open it up. Well, that's just it. Let's say we go to the amazing meeting, amazing meeting nine, and we just set this on a table. We set this right in front of everybody. Hmm. Like, what do you think? Come on, half the audience is going to want to open it. Of course, yeah. Okay. So, are, they, are, but, are, 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 are those guys the jukes? The the, the jukes? The, the jerks or the douches? Or are they just jukes somewhere in the middle? <laughs> That's where I like to think I am. I'm a juke. <laughs> so, I think the three of us. Part of the reason why we like the idea of weird things and we're able to do our investigations is because we say, "Hey, we don't believe there's anything in the jar, but we'll entertain the idea that maybe there is something we don't know." no matter how ridiculous that may seem to us, because we could, a scenario could be germ theory. Trying to explain somebody germ theory over 100 years ago, like, oh, there's germs in the jar. It hurts people. Like, there's air in there. Like, well, they believed in bad air. We, we love the discussion. And the moment the jar is open, the discussion's over. Now, that's not saying that eventually the jar shouldn't be opened. All right. But I am going to say that it's not going to be by the three of us. We just so want to say- out and argue about what's in the jar. Let's say I got this jar. I give you this jar. I tell you there's an evil spirit in this jar. 
Would you put it under your bed? Uh, no, I'm not letting it in my house. Yeah, I guess the the the, the only thing the count I don't see the counterweight on right. this gambit here. Like I, I think like uh, are we just asking? Like yeah, no, I think we can all establish that we are uh, afraid of the jar now. I'm going it, somewhere? Okay, well then go. I'm going somewhere. So the next question is, Brian, would you put this under your bed? And that's that's an important thing. It goes from just respecting this to would you even put it in your house? I mean, not not without some upside. Like if you told me it was a leprechaun spirit in there and that it would grant no. me a wish if I put it in my house, but if I opened it. My family evil, would be killed, you know. Evil spirit. Evil, evil spirit. Well, then no, right. I'm not letting the evil spirit magical haunted jar. Mainly because even if there's nothing in there, I don't want to be thinking about the fact that I intentionally let an evil spirit jar into my house. Good call. Hey, can so, can he, I tell you something real quick? Totally irrational. Mm-hmm. There, there was a, There's a friend of my family who, uh, uh, a strong man, Dennis Rogers, and I've never told this to anyone except for Bonnie, but like there was a time... When we had some time off and, uh, and, and I knew that we would be like four weeks with nothing much going on and we were in a conversation and I wanted to express to Dennis how much I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to hook up during this break. And I said, Dennis, I swear on my family that we will get together this time. And during that four weeks, I didn't make it out there. And the next week out of nowhere, my dog got run over by a car. And this is like, this is like, you know, you pick your dog, like, you know, you encounter a lot of animals in your life, but there's one you're like, this is, this is my dog. This is the dog. So it's like, and I know the two have nothing to do with each other. And I know it's totally irrational, but like that experience made it to where I was like, I will never, ever make any kind of bargain like that ever again, because I hate the irrational guilt associated with it. I'm hearing you. I absolutely hear you. So there is a study they did where some psychologists have done this, where they'll present to people a sweater, a cardigan sweater. They say it belongs to a serial killer who tortured, raped, and murdered you know, 12 women. And they'll ask people, who would want to wear it? Would anybody put this on? And when people find out, if they at first he'll ask somebody to put it on the sweater, no, yeah, I'll put it on, whatever. But when he tells them who the sweater belonged to, they refuse to, even though they know it's been dry cleaned and all that. There's nothing physically wrong with this sweater, right? Right. So there is, even in very rational people, very, very rational people, we say that. And it's not necessarily an irrational response. I mean, some people say it's an irrational response, but if we say it's an easy place to employ the precautionary principle because there's no upside to using it or putting it on. It makes sense. So this is what I'm getting at. So we've been talking about now with our investigations about going to some places that people say are haunted. We've got some seriously, seriously fascinating places. We've got places with like massacres, okay? Whole families murdered and stories about demon spirits that have possessed other people to do this sort of thing. Okay, and we kind of have this, hey, this comic book fun. Hey, wouldn't it be fun, guys, to go here and do a ghost investigation? But we're going to places where some people really believe it's going on. And that's legitimately something paranormal there. Okay, yeah, which we we have to keep in mind and we could have we could develop means. We might even be able to have a way to capture said evil spirit according to how people think that it's done. If we go do an experiment, we get some sort of sign that there's something evil or some sort of paranormal presence there. Even if it's the flimsiest indication that it's there, even if it's just a coin toss that slightly goes beyond random or some slightly unusual phenomenon, do we have a responsibility to try and contain this? Hell yeah. This is like the reverse of of gay reasoning, Andrew. Where it's like <laughs> you're actively convincing me like, you're right, we should not do these live investigations. This is dangerous and we're tempting fate over nothing. Well, see, I think this is this is the, the slightly different way uh, that, that Brian, you look at the world, and I, I, I would say definitely me, and I don't know about Andrew. Andrew might be somewhere in the middle, but I think once you are, you know, a, a husband and a parent, so much more of your actions is preventative. Whereas, like for me, in my point of view, like the like the, the serial killer sweater, like I'd put it on because, like, you know, if if my life goes to hell, really, it's not all that much. You know, I don't really have a whole lot to lose. Like, you got way more ties to bind. You're affecting other people way more. So I feel like for us, if we are going to be theoretically tempting these faiths, then, you know, yeah, we we, we hold a lot more in our hands in terms of the, the 
the fabric of humanity. Boy, right? can you imagine? Because there are families who have like legitimately great series of terrible events befall them. Uh, like a like a you know Christopher Reeve you know first he gets paralyzed then he dies and then his wife dies or, or gets you know she gets cancer and all dies like like legitimately these weird clusters of really bad things all happen can you imagine if all of that happened like let's say on a lark the two of you gave me a magic jar and you dared me to keep it overnight and then all of a sudden this kind of thing happened for the next three years and wiped us out how how would that mess you up. Oh my God! It would take me at least three years to finish the book. <laughs> well, yes. Here's where I'm getting at, and where we're getting at, Brian, is that we've realized that if we go do investigations in these places, maybe we should do the rituals and do the things that you're supposed to do to contain said spirits. But once we contain said spirits, we got a jar full of evil. What do we do? Poke it with a stick. Maybe or take it to it. the fair. <laughs> So we've laid out, we have on our website at weirdthings.com, we've been scoping out territories, places. We're actually going to try and put together a secret sanctuary that we will be burying these jars if we manage to contain evil spirits. Sort of a supermax of evil, if you will. Hmm. You down so, for this? I Yeah. I mean, if we've, I mean, do we have the mojo? I mean, that's like... That's like getting the 98-pound weaklings at the high school to run the, the freaking football team. It's just like, really? Is that going to work? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, here's the deal. We're going to be put in these situations. So we're going to do our best to run through as one would think that this is supposed to be done. We, we are going to do our best to, to honor, uh, you know, whatever preventative measure because – like you mean you know, like protecting your family, okay, well, like uh, like protecting right, your your, your right, wife. Okay, you okay. just are you're taking precautions. Here's the thing: if you're taking the precautions, if you're going to at least give a nod to the possibility that all this is real, then of all the people to entrust with handling the security of the malevolent spirits that'll end the world or whatever. Like, we're the least qualified idiots. Oh, contraire. I think we're the most qualified. Because I, I agree. How many other rational, scientific-minded people are out there trying to do this, Brian? Uh, none, 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 including the three of us. How about that? Right. I would say uh, that- But, but, all right. Uh, I see your point. <laughs> Who's the most rational and scientific? <laughs> okay, we are the most <laughs> rational, <laughs> scientific you. idiots trying to do this. Well, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I think we've uh, we've got ourselves a solution here. There you go. So, are you on board with our plan, uh, dude? Look, uh, considering our previous plan was to poke the hornet's nest of spirits with a stick and just shrug our shoulders. Yes, I'm I'm now on board with the new plan of poking with a stick and then trying to put them into our imaginary supermax. Awesome. Touch back on something we talked about briefly in the last episode, and we haven't really had a whole lot of time to go into in great detail, but I think by now most people have seen the movie Inception. Yeah! Well, I thought you were going to say Double Complete Rainbow. <laughs> Double Complete Rainbow. So, Brian, response? Dude, reaction? absolutely loved it. If there's one thing I loved more than the story, the directing, the flow of the movie, it's the fact that it's making money hand over fist allowing me to crush all right all right keep it justin robert young let's keep that for the other show all right (laughs) uh no i think it's a fantastic movie because it speaks on 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 three different levels first of all you have the intellectual level of wrap your mind around what it would be like to share dreams and this internal logic of dreams within dreams and then second level You've got the 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 straight up like movie making money syndrome where it's just like you you get your avalanches and your explosions and your CG folding worlds and all that stuff. And plus, let's face it, some of us, present company excluded, took a woman to go see the inception and they were all into like the feelings and the love and the heartfelt stories. It perfect movie. Uh yeah, I, I will I will very, very much say that rare is a movie 
that has this kind of budget, that is this well executed, and is this uh, smart in terms of exploring areas. I mean, it's not like where they've never done movies about, you know, shared dreams and some of the thoughts, you know, that, that you can go from that jumping off point. But it, it's certainly a fresh take. And I very, very, very much enjoyed a lot of even just the little things that even even days afterward, I can really, really appreciate that, you know, the the, the fact that and, and and you always see in the in, you know the the you know playing inside of or living inside of a video game thing or living inside of a dream thing that you know once you die in here you die for real and that was I, I kind of the further I get away from it the more I appreciate like they didn't do that they did their own version of that right right they said they said once you die in here it's gonna be like really inconvenient for you yeah well I mean your life is ruined but or your life is irreparably changed. But I mean, they made it clear it's going to suck, but, but they yeah, also everything had, everything had weight, which was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't the same. I guess that was that was the thing. It was it really, really is. I mean, the 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 man, uh, you know, the, the the brothers Nolan who conceived the story and, and Jonathan who, who directed it. Uh, it clearly at Christopher. At the, uh, Jonathan wrote it. Christopher directed it, right? Um, I think Christopher. Yeah, I, I thought Christopher was everything, but then again. I'm sure I hear clicking, so it's got to be Andrew. I'm fixing gonna look it, it up. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Anyway, whatever can uh, you know? Chris Nolan is, in my mind, uh, the best director of the last uh, ten years. Christopher Nolan. He did both. He wrote and yes. directed it. Okay, sorry, I thought his brother. Anyway, so uh, maybe he killed his brother and took credit. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be weird? Here's. Where a movie like this, the frustrating thing for that when it comes out is you know you're going to get all sorts of pedantic, midget intellectual debate about that, which... Wow. Man, any, That's anybody not loaded who does, at all for anyone just tuning in. Is anybody who does pedantic and midget well, that would be us. So Yes. I think it, it, some people, I think, have a trouble admitting that a movie is that tries to be cerebral actually succeeds at that and is a thinking movie that can appeal to a lot of people. And and I, I've shared with you some of the some of the funny sort of criticisms I've seen from people who actually didn't get it. And anytime I, I feel passionately about a movie and I see a critic sort of not feel the same way, it turns out they get facts wrong. They were well, this was stupid. And you turn out, well, no, that's not what happened. And, and they they got up and went to the bathroom or they didn't tu- they tuned out or they just were intimidated by it and decided they were going to sort of think it was a Mensa test or something, which is silly. I enjoyed it. The thing yes. that it. But Go ahead, sir. Yeah, let me say this, that that the movies that I love the most are the ones that have me asking questions after the movie ends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and first of all, for any of us aspiring filmmakers out there, just remember, questions are always better than the answers. And if you need any examples of that, look at the Star Wars trilogy, the first one versus the second one. The first one was all about questions. What are the Clone Wars? What's this crazy world with the two sons? You know, what was the relationship between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, et cetera, et cetera. And then the second uh, trilogy was all answers and nobody cared about the answers the questions are always better so it's like um there there are precious moments in cinema where uh like probably the explain be- godfather too then uh, well, actually i don't i i, I wouldn't know it's a, don't give me a start on godfather <laughs> thing i had a, I, I had the whole series spoiled before me before i even went for it but but like how um, do you spoil the godfather they're series? italian no well who cares uh, no no, no. Re- well real quick by the time we watched the godfather every scene that made the, the original godfather famous and amazing had already oh. been parodied so many times well, that, it, that the whole movie looked trite and cliche to us and we got nothing got out of it. So it's like, it. and, and I, I, I call myself a victim of circumstance on that one. I wanted to love it, but it didn't work out. But, uh, but like, but like take a movie like Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, I went and saw in the theater and it made so little sense, but it was so engaging and so strange that like when the movie was over, uh, Bonnie and I were driving back home and I swear to God, we didn't talk for 20 minutes after the credits rolled. And then like halfway back home, the first words that were spoken in this car as we're driving together was me saying, I'm not sure, but I think I love that movie. And it's <laughs> it's the fact that, that I didn't even know that we had yeah. to suss it out, that we had to figure out, that we had to try on these different scenarios in our mind. You were still in it. You were still in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah same thing happened with Primer. Primer introduced oh, a brand new dynamic 
that has has permeated all my bizarre time travel fantasies to this very day. And it's like, man, the questions that are opened up, and I love Inception for that same reason. It's opened up a new set of rules and a new world for me to explore in my imagination. You know, I read I read a, a review from um, uh, Will Leach, who used to write Deadspin.com, and, and he writes for a bunch of stuff now. But he uh, he actually was kind of down on, on Inception. And, uh, you know, one of his, his criticisms was, that if Nolan wanted to tell a small movie about, you know, the shared dreams and and the uh, emotional elements that would go along with the story that we saw with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he should have told that. If he wanted to do his balls uh, out uh, super action movie with all the crumbling buildings and the explosions and the chases, he should have done that. But to mix the two together was trying to reach to a peak too high and he never really hit that that uh that that final glorious no, moment. Which I, I, I very much I very 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 much disagree. But one of the reasons that he said and he pointed to in saying that the pieces didn't connect was, uh, you know the the lack of cohesion in the rules of the universe. That oh, sometimes you go into limbo. Consistent. Well, and and I think you know it is it is something that when you really really think about it is a little fuzzy. Of you know you you. You always wake up unless you're in the special dream limbo and this, that, and the other. But it's one of those things where not since Primer in a movie have, you know, I've been laid out the basic lines of how things connected. You know, didn't really, in my mind, want to run through all of them to their final conclusion because I was enjoying so much what was on screen. I trusted the universe enough that all the things would tie together. And and I think that, that that really to me is where uh you know the movie shines is that it is and and like like all great sci-fi and horror movies, it's so good that people don't call it sci-fi or horror. <laughs> you know, it's like Yeah, like, that's sounds, the highest compliment you could play to you could pay to a sci-fi movie is that you stop calling it sci-fi. Exactly. It's like the same way where like Science of the Lambs is a horror movie, but they called it suspense because everybody liked it. You know, like that's this funny. is in, Inception is so good that nobody refers it to it as a sci-fi movie. Well, I'm going to, the ultimate out on that though, as far as the dream logic, and I think I kind of sort of understood how it worked. I'll have to read his column on that is the dream logic might ultimately be dictated by the dreamer. And if you're told this is the way things behave, this is how it works. In the case, Arthur, who was the dreamer, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Then then okay, maybe it's sort of fuzzy or maybe it makes sense there or whatever. And that's the beautiful thing having out like that. I was reminded watching this about a thing that what I used to sort of dismiss when I was younger about you know, kind of existentialism and then uh, phenomenon. How do we know what's real or what is real? And one of the things that sort of strikes me as interesting is when I look at when I make mistakes, I look at when I have assumptions and all of a sudden something I thought I knew all along was totally different or something that's been right in front of you. And it could be something simple, like I remarked to Justin today, the fact that I didn't realize until quite recently, this is going to sound, some people are going to hear this and they go, that's the stupidest thing in the world. How could a grown man not know this? I didn't know until quite recently that ponies were a special breed of horse that are raised to be smaller than other horses. For some reason, I'd always thought ponies were just younger horses, I, which of course would be a cult. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. So yes, I I can believe you because I am that other man, and the two yeah. of us have found each other. It Justin too. So oh, yeah, big. no, I had no, I had no, I thought ponies were just pretty horses. Yeah, yeah. I thought. That, How uh, big do you think a tuna is? A tuna's pretty big. Yeah, a tuna's pretty big. Well, you guys knew that, but like it was like only like five years ago, I found out that a tuna is like freaking as big as I am. I always thought oh, yeah. tuna were small fish. No, well, yeah, because no. you get them in a can, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and they're all chopped up together. I figured out, oh, well, yeah, no, small, yeah, no, like the, a trout. Yeah, the, only, the only reason why, I mean, I, I know I know that, and maybe Andrew's the same way. It's just because, yeah, when you grow up in South Florida, you've seen enough pictures of yeah. dumb people holding up gigantic fish. Okay, you yeah. kind of get a, a general sense of what they are. So we have some simple examples of things that are obvious to everybody, weren't obvious to us, and I think we're a reasonably well informed group of people up until that point. And then you start thinking about uh, other things, like if Brian, I'm going to ask you this: Think of your in your bathroom, okay? Done. Which which side is the flush on? The left. So if you're facing the toilet, yeah, you face the toilet. It's on the left. Okay. Um, if you go to a stoplight or a traffic light, 
Okay, what's the order? Where's the red light? Where's the green? Where's the yellow? Green's on top, yellow's in the middle, red's on the bottom. Okay. On a highway. You know, those Am I messing lines? up your bit? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that, I mean, people listening to this and some people, they may know these things automatically. Hey, and keep in mind, don't. I'm very visual. So that's part of the thing. It's like okay. I go back and I, I just get, picture myself there. Yeah. You'll have to go check to make sure that's correct. On a highway. Okay. Those white strips in the middle of the road. Okay. Yes. How long are they? Three feet. All right. Ten feet. Nuh-uh. Yes. Yep. No, I probably got the, the, the red, yellow and green wrong as well. I'm sure nobody will email about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, that's why that. I'm addressing it so, now. So, so, so you think don't like, bother traffic, to send it in. The traffic light, the sort of thing I wouldn't bet on what my answer to that is, even though I've been told the answer is here's a great thing to tell people on that. The toilet tank thing, I know because after hearing that, that I remember the traffic thing. How long is those strips in the highway? Okay. I got that wrong. Everybody asks gets that wrong. When you tell people 10 feet, they go, no way. But yeah. because you're always driving fast, they're coming at you at an angle. You don't appreciate how long they are. But here's the thing that we see every day. It's right in front of us, but it's hiding in plain sight. The fact, if you if you sit and say, okay, when you watch a car drive by and you look across the side of the road, you realize how long they are when you compare a car to those. Right. So how many other things are there? How many things are there in behaviors and the way people interact, the way society works? How many how many systems are there? We're just now touching upon my favorite book from last week, which is The Rational Optimist by Matt Ridley, gets into about, you know, people talk about markets. And now we talked about how markets are emergent. And now it's not just to the point that the problem markets markets being emergent as they appear everywhere, as they appear in places you don't want them to, like politics or the Vatican or prison. Terrorism. Yeah, you have a you have a war on drugs, yet we can't even stop the flow of drugs into prisons where we put people who break the laws for the war on drugs, <laughs> because there's a market there for that. Hey, so it, well, well, if if we if we could take it back to uh, dreams real quick, because uh, you said something mm-hmm. that reminded me. Like, do you guys know how to tell whether or not you're dreaming? I know what the lore is on how you're supposed to be able to tell. What about light what, switches? What, and what's stuff. what's the lore that you hear? Uh. Well, I know that if I mean the 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 thing that I always do is I try to read. Yes, but then, but I'm at the point now where I convince myself I'm reading. No, 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 no. You can read. You can read. But the secret is you read something. Not according to one episode of Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> okay, no, no, yeah. no. You read and then you look away and then you read again. And if it says the same thing that you read the first time, then you're probably not dreaming. But if you come back, you know, if you look back and it says something different. The, then obviously you, you you are dreaming. And in fact, I've only, I in fact, I should ask you guys, have you ever had like a lucid dream experience where you mm-hmm. realized you were dreaming yeah. on the case? Yeah. yeah. Like, the, like the only time I've ever had it happen was was a time when I, in my dream, I was in a bar and I, and I read the uh, cover of a matchbook and I looked away and I went back and I read something different. And only because like very recently had I read the article saying that, you know, the, the if it's different, you're dreaming trick. I looked back down and I was just like, wait a minute, I'm dreaming. And like the moment I had that realization, everything felt like hyper realistic to me. Did you guys have that? I, I'll have it. And then I usually wake up pretty soon after I'll yeah. get lucid dreams right before I'm about to wake up. Cause I have to go pee, to be honest with you. I'll be That's your cue. That. That's uh, they, they were playing, uh, you know, music in Inception, yes. but for you, it's the well, the full bladder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've had that, and I've done the thing where I try to read. And first, but here's what happened with me: I had heard probably from the same Batman that Justin's talking about, where you couldn't <laughs> understand text. And so I had a dream, and I tried to look at text, and I couldn't make out what the text was. I'm like, ah, oh, all right, I guess that's how it works. Side note, though, is I've been so tired, I couldn't read straight. When I go to bed at night, if I, after I've been reading for a long time, I often can't keep track, and I'm not dreaming yet, but to me, that won't tell me necessarily. If in my dream, I think I'm just tired, it's not going to be informative. But the thing is, I'm a, what happened with the text with me, though, is once I used to do that trick, now I'm at the point where I read, and I convince myself I'm reading text. Now right. you told me, go back and go look at it again. Maybe we'll see, but... Uh, you know, that's the thing is I've had it where, you know, I get lucid and usually I just wake up. Did, did anyone else have like really bizarre dreams after watching Inception? I did, but I, I so, so rarely remember my dreams. Oh no. See, I'm one of those guys, like I kept a dream journal for a while and it's like 
the moment I wake up, and maybe it helps to have another person in the room with you, because the moment I wake up, I insist on telling my dream to Bonnie, whether she wants to hear it or not, because while I will probably forget the actual dream, I will remember the description of the dream I'm giving to Bonnie. Yeah. And and so that helps me to remember all my dreams. There, there but, was There was only one time that I ever remembered a dream so much that I followed through in my real life on it. Uh, and it was one time I dreamed about making a hamburger with buffalo sauce in the ground beef. <laughs> and then I awesome. made it. I made it and it was delicious. <laughs> I had a similar dream about a hamburger with, or excuse me, a steak, getting a steak with Skittles on it. <laughs> no nice. way. Did you find Did you do it? No, I've been tempted though because it actually ah, started come to sound on, good. Man, you should so do that. You should do it live on a weird things. Right. Well, here's here's the thing about I, I've had this happen to me where I'll have something, I'll get a little bit of deja vu, and I'll remember a dream, part of a dream that I had years ago that I barely remembered when I woke up, and then I forgot about. Then something will trigger it, and I'm thinking, do these things st- sit there? Are they still just hanging out somewhere in that in the the, the empty space? Are they just waiting there? I don't know. I'm sure, probably. Well, I'll tell you this much. Like, I had the peculiar double punch, and uh, the night after I watched Inception, uh, it, it's a recurring dream to me, and this probably will surprise no one given how much I fly on airplanes, but I dream a lot about being on a plane that does a loop-to-loop or crashes or is evading missiles or, you know, crazy things happen while I'm on mm-hmm. a plane. And by the way, the most disturbing time to have those dreams is when you're on a freaking plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but in this case, I had a dream where uh, the where where all of a sudden the plane lurched around and we narrowly dodged. It was like we went up and then we went down and we narrowly dodged a cliff by like twenty feet. And I remember clearly thinking, "Whoa, this is like those messed up dreams I have where I'm on a plane that's about to crash." And then and then I'm like, "But this isn't a dream, is it?" And then I was like, "I really tried to think, like, is this a dream?" I'm like, "No, it's definitely not a dream. I'm gonna die." <laughs> and then and then, uh, and then I woke up. I've had Brian. I have airplane dreams all the time too, and I'll have it where the plane will take forever to take off. It will keep flying, or it's gonna fly low to an airport and too low, and we'll be flying past buildings and stuff and things like that. It's I've have so many variations on that, but then I'm like, oh, I'm having the airplane dream again, and then I'll be, you know, while I'm, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I'm, oh, okay, now I know I'm I'm really here now because I was just thinking about the dream, and then like, yep, it's a dream. But but do you realize you're a dream? You're in a dream while you're there, or do, like for me, it's always like this must be a dream, and then I'm like, well, it's clearly not since I'm clearly in this plane that's about to crash. Yeah, no, that's what'll happen. The same thing happens to me where I'm just sort of convinced. I convince myself that I'm awake because I, I know, oh, I have those crazy dreams. And that was my favorite moment from Inception, too, when the two of them are in the cafe and he, and he says, how did we get here? And she's like, well, we got here because because we, you know, like that moment that disjointed. It was a brilliant job of taking advantage of the medium of of filmmaking in order to create that yeah. movie, uh, that that dreamlike experience well so much of of, i mean so much of inception is just you know uh scenes without you know middles and ends or sorry without beginnings and ends yeah which by by the way real real quick to throw this out to the to the universe i'm convinced that the whole first 20 minutes of the movie all right right, so this is this is spoilers no well i mean this this is all gonna be lightly spoilers yeah yeah light lightly spoilers like um I'm convinced that the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie were intentionally shot in a dreamlike way to make you question the entire time whether or not all of this was a dream. Like there there are so many clever ways that the script is written to make you think, well, that could be taken two ways. And there's so many situations that people are in that it's like, who encounters that in real life? That's something that happens all the time in your dreams, specifically when he's running from people who are attacking him and he finds himself stuck between two buildings. Like, when Mm -hmm. does that ever happen in real life? That was an intentional gambit used by the director to to create a dreamlike quality to reality. Oh, absolutely. No, I was, he's talked a bit about that too. And how using uh, what makes Nolan so brilliant is that he is, he plays with structure in brilliant ways where you take a movie like Memento, where the plot and the storyline came at from opposite directions. Uh, well, and, and what's funny is 
what made me think of it is uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where they tried to, where they did kind of a weird like reality reboot on the Freddy Krueger franchise. Uh, there was there was two scenes back to back. There was one that they intentionally shot in a dreamlike quality where the main character needed to go identify a body and everything was soft filters and uh, and dreamy music. And then uh, and that turned out like you kept expecting it to be a dream, but it turned out to be reality. And then the next scene is harsh white daylight as somebody is and she's just sitting there watching her kid and and using the trappings of reality. All of a sudden that turned out to be the dream. So uh, I, I can't say enough awesome things about Inception. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I keep thinking about things where I right in front of me like I'm half asleep. I have this habit when I go through my RSS feeds. I think I mentioned this before where I will click through and I will the last item on my RSS, I'll click refresh before it's processed. And afterwards like, oh I wanted to read that. And like, oh, you know, I should and why why did I click refresh? Because my brain said I've read it all, but the part of me that's doing the deeper thinking hasn't had a chance yet. Dude, totally. So, well, kids, everybody listening, we've got a revelation for you. You're still in the original first <laughs> Weird Things podcast. No, je ne regrette rien, ni le bien qu'on m'a